Hello and welcome back to the Men of God podcast. As always, I am Nate Gerber. And I am Jonathan Seaman. I like that pause there. Yeah. It makes it feel like a banner. Then you, then you see it. Yeah. Maybe. So. We'll think about that when we actually do videos. You know, when we come out with a movie. Yeah. When we come yeah. out with Where we came from. Yeah. Yeah. The Men of God podcast. Or the Men of God project. An origin story. don't make actors good look good looking enough to play us exactly <laughs> they don't make actors good enough yeah no one's gonna want to see that movie anyways i would want to see that movie really yeah i'd be laughing through the whole thing yeah they wouldn't like, get anything right no it would be a lot like all the uh, movies that they try to make about the bible just just, not i don't think it would be on the same par though like, Nate, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Not quite there. <laughs> what are we drinking tonight, John? Water. Well, we were drinking peach tea. Peach I'm still drinking nighttime peach tea. tea but I, I guess I'm just a heavy drinker. And I got through my peach peach tea, and now I'm on to my, my natural spring water. It's good stuff, though. Yeah, and also eating some candy. Yeah, which we probably shouldn't do during the podcast so we can actually talk, but Maybe. we'll figure we'll figure that out, right? Right. So, right. Speaking of which, we should probably start with that um, Psalm nineteen. You are really bad at transitions. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of which, <laughs> just <laughs> throw that in anywhere. So. We're going to go through Psalm 19 all the way, and then we're going to look at Romans 1, but we're going to look at the first six verses of Psalm 19 first, then we're going to look at Romans 1, and then we're going to look at the last half of Psalm 19, and then we'll uh, look at another verse in, another couple verses in Romans. But uh, to, to start with, um, I can, I or Nate will read the... Uh, read the first six verses okay so did you bring your bible to bible podcast yeah that's a uh question we've been asking ourselves this week um that's <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> nate thank you yes. for that. yes i do have my bible for bible uh, Bible podcast. I also have my Bible software for Bible podcast. So. I just have my software tonight. I thought you had your. I thought you had your hand dandy. Right now, right now, my Bible is open to Revelation nine from that conversation right. we had earlier. That's right. So I'm going to go ahead and close that. So I stop thinking about Apache helicopters. Yeah. Uh, dispensationalism <laughs> over here. Sorry, we were. We were looking. We, we heard a joke about it, so we were looking that up. But why don't I read first six verses, and we will get right into it. So uh, this is again Psalm nineteen. So it's two digits one nine. Uh, and not the first be, one. Not to be confused with the best chapter in the whole Bible. Psalm one nineteen. Psalm one nineteen. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say it's the best chapter. It is the longest chapter, and there is a lot of crossover we will talk about some of the things mentioned in psalm when i we won't bring up psalm 119 uh but 
the last half of this psalm really goes well with Psalm 119. But let's let's start in. So verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Uh, now, we wanted to talk about Romans 1 with it. You may be thinking, how are, how are these connected? Uh, we'll read that, and then we'll kind of go back and forth and talk about uh, why they're connected. Uh, for this, uh, we're going to read 18 to 22, or 23, pardon me. So this is Romans 1, 18 to 23. Um, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, w uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So, we wanted to talk about those two, and put them together, and, and talk about how they kind of go together because it's not it's not super clear right away but it's it's an interesting thing so the first half of psalm 19 is called usually either natural revelation or general revelation for the most part we'll probably call it general revelation um it's uh pretty much what psalm 19 talks about you know you have the heavens, you know, the sky, the firmament, the space, the space. You have noise, you have the sun, you have heat. So, let's talk about what that has to do with Romans 1. We see uh, 19 and 20, because that which may be known of God is manifest, that it's shown in them, for God has showed it, showed it to them. Again, so we have two ways we can see it there. For the invisible things from him... From the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So we know the things he has created. We can see the things he has created. What does that mean for us? Quite frankly, it means we are condemned by creation because, um, because we have uh, seen his eternal power and Godhead. And we are without excuse, according to verse 20. So, right there, that's that's like the biggest, you know, well, 
you know, you know, this person lived in this far off land, you know, never heard the gospel. What does God do? Quite frankly, they're condemned. And it's a, it's a sad situation. It truly is. But they have evidence of God, but they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Uh, verse 18. They, they can see God's eternal power and his Godhead. Now, this can't lead them to know Jesus Christ as, as Savior, but it does give them evidence that God exists. And because they're not honoring and glorifying God, Christ and Yahweh the Father, they're not honoring God. And so, you know, you get into the, well, this person is a devout Buddhist. And there's not multiple ways up the mountain. That's not that's not a realistic thing. And it's, it's a very sad thing. But Jesus said, ye must be born again. And that is directly connected to Christianity and specifically Protestantism. You know, I mean, Catholics, Catholics don't generally talk about being born again as much. But, you know, that's probably a conversation for another day. Being born again is necessary for eternal life. That's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believeth on him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, um, but... Let's go back to the text we're looking at. We have the connection of Romans 1 and Psalm 19. So, and I did kind of go into it a little bit, and I said we are all condemned, but why are we all condemned? Well, verse 1, again, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So we're condemned by our sight, because we can see the heavens, we can see the firmament. Now, you may say, well, what if someone is blind? Well, verse Two, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Um, so you can hear. You can hear creation. You can hear the birds. You can hear the animals. So now now, now you say, well, how about this? I got you stumped, Jonathan. Helen Keller couldn't see, nor could she hear. Well, I got you there because she could feel in verse 6. Um, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof when it's talking about the sun. So because we can feel the heat of the sun, we're, con we're condemned. Because we know God exists, but we don't glorify him as God in an unregenerate state. So now what, what does this mean? So now we're going to transition, and I'll tell you what this means after we read the next section, which is going to be... Again, Psalm 19, it's going to be 7 to 14, and we'll probably take a break partway through there and visit another verse and come back in for a couple verses separate because they're a little bit separated, but they're tied in too. So, um, Nate, would you read uh, 7 to 14? Yeah. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. 
sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant away also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So let's look at specifically uh, 7 to 11. Uh, Nate, do you have anything you want to pull out of those statements? Look at any parts of those statements? Well, there's a very, to me, there's a very simple thing laid. The law of the Lord is perfect. Mm-hmm. Then what does it do? It converts the soul. Testament of the Lord is sure. What does it do? Making wise the simple. There's something about God. Something about his word. Something about his word. Then what does it do? It Pers- enlightens us. Yes. Mm. And we see that in each of the each of the verses there is something that uh, kind of changes our not even perception, that's not really the right word, but, you know, for sake of right now, perception or understanding converts a soul, make, it gives gives wisdom to the simple, uh, makes our heart rejoice, um, it enlightens our eyes, we understand the scripture, um, Fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. That's the only one that doesn't actually directly relate to Scripture because we have the words law, testimony, statutes, commandment, uh, judgments, um, and all those are directly related to the Scripture. The fear of the Lord is is a little bit different, but I mean, that's still in um, the point where David is telling us, like, man, this is important too. Yeah. You need to fear the Lord. Um Come to him more, have a reverent spirit. Yeah, have a reverent, not not yeah. be afraid, but yeah, have a reverent spirit in yeah. uh, before God. Um, and God's judgments are true and righteous together. And you know, people say, well, how could a good God do this? How could a good God do that? He is the creator. I mean, Romans 9 can talk about that. Uh, doth, doth not the potter have rights over the clay? I'm, I'm butchering that for... For the verse, but I'm sorry about that. But you know, anything the Lord judges and anything the Lord does, anything the Lord decides, that's true and righteous. I mean, there's nothing we can do. He is the Creator. You know, we Nate, Nate loves Job and forty. Is it chapter forty? God starts questioning Job, like, "Who are you, O man?" No, that's, I think that's Romans. Well, that's Romans as well. Um, Who are you, O man? Is in Romans, but I think there's a section like that in Job. Well, Job kind of questions God, and then God shoots back at Job, like, yeah, like he acknowledges, like, "Okay, what, what are you doing? Like, why?" Yeah, um, um, I think it's, oh, chapter. 38, uh, okay, uh, chapter 38, um, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, 
Who is this that darkeneth the counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, uh, declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest, or hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? And it just keeps going, keeps going. It talks about creation there again. Um, uh, talks about... Uh, It really goes. It really goes in depth. Uh, verse twenty-five: Who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the light lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man, to satis to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth? Hath the rain a father, or who hath begotten the drops of dew? I mean, he just just goes through and says, you know, Joe, you have no right to question me. I created the world. I created you. And I should bring awe, awe to us. And in, in chapter 40, uh, in verse 3 and 4, then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth in verse 5 once I have spoken but I will not answer yea twice but I will proceed no further and it's almost like Job was saying okay okay I get it I get it you win uncle 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 Yeah. but then God's like ha ha I'm not done <laughs> and he keeps going further Yeah, it's Canst thou draw out the Leviathan with an, an hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Can thou put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? I mean, he just brings all of these things that are so infinitely beyond us yeah. to Job and he says can you do any of this and it's, it's chapter 42 Job finally realizes yeah and Job answered the Lord and said I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not here I beseech thee and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of my, the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I bore myself and repent in dust and ashes. Mm. So Job kind of realizes it there, like, in verse 3, I understood not things too wonderful. Right. Things above me, things... That I have no knowledge of. Yeah. And there's another uh, verse that talks about things that we're not, there's some things we're just not meant to understand. Um, let me see if I can find that quick. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, we, God is just so infinitely beyond us, and uh, it's just it's just incredible. That was a little bit of a rabbit trail. Let's get back to the main text in Psalm 19. We were talking about judgments, and so now let's let's relate this to Job again. I mean, God didn't directly test Job. But Satan came to God and said, can I do this? And God, you know, just don't kill him. You know, just don't kill him. And Satan killed his family. Satan took his wealth. Satan uh, plagued him with boils and and uh, all sorts of pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his even his wife was... Curse God and die. That was her solution. But God, in his infinite wisdom, then used Job to give us the book of Job. But God, in his infinite wisdom, allowed Satan to tempt and to test Job. God, in his infinite wisdom, then used that for the book of Job for us. So... Um, but we see here the law, testimony, statutes, commandments, judgments. I mean, they're all profitable. They all have a result, um, a positive result. Um, and then in verse 10, it goes over more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Is David referring to everything that has been mentioned from seven? To nine, or is he mainly referring to the judgments of the Lord? Because verse nine, or verse well, nine, that's seven to that's the the way that probably most would take that is seven to seven to nine, um, because it's the. I mean, honestly, you could even you could make an argument. I think it'd be a poor argument for one to six as well. You get the general revelation. This is another term. Special revelation refers to the. Bible, so special revelation we would consider Genesis to Revelation. Special revelation for David would have been Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Maybe Joshua and Judges, but probably not. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't believe that that would, but um, so his would have been the what we call the Pentateuch, what they would have called the Torah, um, but I. There is a song, and it goes verse 7 here, then 10 is the chorus, 8 and then 10 is the chorus, 9 and then 10 is the chorus. I would I would view that that is talking about the general revelation. The there's, a clear, there's a clear break between verses 6 and 7. So That's what, exactly. There is a pretty clear where there, he, he's talking about general revelation above and special revelation below. Mm-hmm. So I would probably say that 7 to 9 is what he means when he's talking in verse 10. Um, again, you could say he might have been thinking about the first six and thinking about special or general. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that. I would say it's 7 to 10 or 7 to 9. Um, 
And moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is there great and there is great reward. So, I mean, yes, we're warned by the judgments, but keeping of them, what are we keeping? We don't really keep judgments. We keep the law. We keep the testimony. We keep the statutes. We can keep. We keep the commandment. We should. I don't know if I'm gonna say this right. We should practice the fear of the Lord. We should be reverent. Um. So when it says, "Moreover, by the by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is their great reward," I think that hints at seven to nine being included in verse ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then verses twelve and thirteen. Well, let's actually go quick to Romans ten. I I'm just gonna read uh, Romans ten eleven to I think seventeen is what I'll do quickly and then we'll be back in Psalm 19 because I want to talk about 14 specifically but this is Romans 10 11 to 17 for the scripture saith whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For uh, Isaiah, which be Elijah, uh, saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Then he goes on, uh, talks about um, uh, the general call. You know, um, the people that have heard of have heard the gospel. The point with seven to eleven for us is, you know, we have this beautiful, what we call special revelation, God's word, Genesis to Revelation. You know, 66 books given to man by God. Shouldn't we, you know, be telling people about this? I mean, shouldn't we be sending people to preach the word to everyone? And this is going to be a little bit controversial. Foreign missions is great, but we need missions here too in the in the states. Not necessarily in the way we think of modern missionaries, but we need to be preaching the gospel to every creature. Every creature needs to hear the gospel now. You don't need to be going to your cat and saying, "You know what? You're a sinner, and you need to be saved. Be born again." You don't need to be going to your cat saying that. But we need to be going to people around us love them and share the gospel christ came to the earth died for your sins rose again the third day for the atonement and if you believe on him because of his now the perfect life did not cause the atonement but qualified the atonement in some senses now then you get into other weeds with theological issues could jesus have sinned we we can talk about um uh, the the um, you can talk about all sorts of different different parts with that, but 
the main thing is Christ came, he paid the punishment. You know, Hebrews says there is no remission of sin without without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Christ died for the remission of our sin. He is our great high priest, he is our intercessor, he is our mediator. Shouldn't we be sharing that with the world? Shouldn't we be sharing that? Shouldn't we be preaching that? Shouldn't we be bringing glad tidings of good things? You know, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what we wanted to look at. We we see how beautiful the law the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. It uh, it it you know some some uh, there's there's a note. It restores the soul. It make it renews the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, and it makes simple people wise. I mean, it, this psalm shares why the gospel is important. This psalm shares why the word of God is important, and we're not seeing we're not seeing that today. But uh, I, we just we just wanted to talk about evangelism and the reason why sharing the gospel is so important. This verse the. 7 to 11 really kind of talk or go through how beautiful the, the word of God is and yet we still sometimes aren't doing what we should when we possess such a great magnificent gift the, the most read book in the world you know and it's the most read for a reason because it's the best book in the world given from God to man by the inspiration and superintending of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's quickly look at 12 and 13 just briefly. Um, this is a prayer of David. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. You know, for, forgive my sins. That is often a cry of David and for us as well um you know uh he has to be innocent from the transgression we also wanted to talk about 14 that's one of my favorite verses um we just want to look at this as i taught i taught this verse in sunday school two months ago probably a month uh, yeah probably about two months ago now and you know i fourth and fifth grade Sunday school so you have to be reasonably simple explain it you have to explain everything pretty in depth for them because it's you know it's just above their level of knowledge to some uh, to some extent but you want to give them the knowledge so that they can use it so let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So let's look at that. Well, let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. What does that mean? Then everything I do. Well, I mean, that's what I see. I think I think more more applicable. We shouldn't be saying things that dishonor God. I mean, we should. Obviously, we should live in a way that is godly and, you know, according to God's law. Not not the Old Testament law, but, you know, according to what the Bible says, according to what we need, 
the way we're supposed to measure, I mean, we're not going to measure up. We're always going to fall short. But that's right. But I think it's verbal communication. We need to be clean. We need. We can't be, you know, sp- spreading rumors. We can't be gossiping, lying, uh, joking, and poor manner and different things like that the next the next verse is let the meditation of my heart be ex- the next part is let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight well the meditation of my heart well to really understand this we have to look at what is the heart you know what what it, what is the heart you know I have a definition I like, but Nate, do you have one that you would want to share? Well, I mean, just with what you told me about your Sunday school class with that one student of yours said how it's it's your soul. It's mm. who you are. Right. And I was actually surprised. She was not the, uh, the one to give a serious answer very often, but um, a lot of people define that as the all the non-physical aspects of a person. The heart is all so it's thoughts, feelings, emotion. Well, feelings and emotions, but the soul. So all of this is combined into this word, the heart, and it's where our thinking comes from. It is the heart. Um, but meditation. I asked them, "What does meditation look like?" And they're to the age that they should start being able to understand that. They're fifth grade, going into sixth grade, most of them. So. any idea what that looks like that's not a common common idea anymore it's um thinking i you know kind of some of what we're trying to do with this mini series you know what does the word say i let me think about that and think about how that's applicable to me so what we just did the words of my mouth okay let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight O lord now what does that mean for me this it means this it means this. this is how I this is how I do what the word says let me just repeat this verse in my head a couple of times Me- let me memorize scripture let me let me know what scripture says let me know what it really means more than just what it says what does it mean and thinking about what scripture means throughout your day let the meditation of my heart so let all the think if the heart is not all the non-physical things let the me- meditation of my all non-physical things be acceptable in thy sight. Let meditation, let the thinking, let the pondering of the word, let the pondering of the word be uh, in my heart. Uh, let the pondering of the word in my non-physical part, non-physical being, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. And both my strength and my redeemer. We are getting the strength from God to live in a way that is, you know, um, that is in a godly manner. Uh, man cannot please God without the Holy the Holy Spirit. Um, but you know, a, a translator note I have in here is, "My rock, O Lord, my rock, where I am set on, where I am my foundation." So, what is the same? I have to be grounded on the Lord. 
just let me be my original master. And that's truly a wonderful gift that we take for granted. We need to remember that our devotion to God should be more than just a religion. You know, um, I, I always hated the, I've always hated the, it's a relationship, not a religion. People that say that, I don't, I don't care. I'm sorry if you do say that and I'm offending you. I really don't care, quite frankly. I mean, I love you as a brother or sister in Christ, but that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Christianity does still have a set of rules that you should follow. That is religion. And even James talks about true religion is helping widows and orphans. So now you're going to say Christianity isn't a religion. Well, Christianity isn't helping widows and orphans. So now we're running into more problems, but we won't, we won't get into all those problems. But it is... It is also a relationship. We need to be walking with Christ. Christ is our Redeemer. Christ came. He died on a cross to pay for our sins. Um, I hadn't planned on going here, but I'm going to. Uh, let, if we look at Romans 5. Um, but God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For as when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. He has paid for our sin. He has been made the atonement in first or second corinthians it uh he became sin that knew no sin that you know there, there's that song and i always mess that up because of that song growing up i listened to the less conservative music um I'm thinking of. I have no idea what you're thinking. Um, Second Corinthians five twenty one. There we go. Uh, let me let me open open during my physical copy. So verse, starting at verse 20. For now then, for now then, ye are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. He made Christ to be sin. He knew no sin. He did not ever sin. But God made him sin 
and you know we don't we don't go far for you know Calvinism Arminianism debates between us very often but you know the wrath of God was poured out upon Christ and in our stead and that was done for the redemption of Christ's people the atone the atonement was wherever you want to say it was effective for Christ's people for the elect for his bride the church the most that is the most beautiful things we could beautiful thing we could ever hear in this lifetime the most beautiful thing and some people haven't heard that and we want to stress going out and telling people the good news of redemption the good news of salvation the good news that Christ died on the cross for the remission of sins and that it's his blood that pays our debt that we could never pay because we're not perfect we're not perfect perfect sacrifice but Christ is and because of Christ's death we can be saved we can be born again because of Christ's death we can have life eternal so uh, you know, looking at a little uh, some a little bit of a word study while you've been talking I've been looking yeah. at it a little bit more just the last that last line in verse 14 mm-hmm. oh lord my my strength or you said my rock mm-hmm. when the hebrew word is translated rock or boulder or mountain mm-hmm. this giant thing this sturdy thing what's that one song my rock my sword my shield yeah and then my redeemer It's Redeemer, it's Avenger, or the person who reclaims you as his own. So we can look at Boaz and Ruth and Ruth yeah, with Kinsman that. Redeemer. Bit, but. Um, so I, I, I personally love just that last line, just the attributes that David names of God almost like David was good at adoration or something. I know. Style of prayer we need to be more equipped in. But my rock, my foundation. And then... Wise man builds his house on the... Sand. Rock. (laughs) Good one, Nate. On the rock. So we have God, my rock. Well, Lord... Jehovah, Lord. Uh, is Yahweh, Yahweh. But my we rock, won't get into that tonight. My rock, mm-hmm. my things think different. My rock and my reclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Edward paints a really good picture of who God is. Mm. On that note, it is very late by us, so. We uh, we're very thankful for those people that listen to us. Uh, go on and on and go on rabbit trails and yell and get emotional and we want to thank you for listening to us as we love the word and love each other as brothers in Christ. Um, so.
think we should pretty quick and and finish. So, would you like to? You were the one preaching here, so you okay. go ahead. I will. Okay. He who preaches prays. <laughs> sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could come together tonight and talk about your word and see the beauty of it and see the beauty of the world around us, but see the beauty of your word and how much higher it is and how how good it is for us. We thank you for sending your son Christ to die on the cross to be the remission of sins, that you sent him to be sin for us and that he knew no sin. We thank you for his his death and then his life. We pray that we would love you more each day and be honoring to you in what we think, say, and do. And we pray that uh, you would conform us to the image of your son. In Christ's name, we ask and pray. Amen. The Men of God podcast is brought to you by the Men of God Project, serving God by the study of his word.